All right, I see red dots for everybody, so we're a go. Hold on, let me switch to my thing. Is it still on, red dots? I see your red dot. Okay. Red dot, red dot, get down. Um. Okay. We should keep this for the pod. So, yeah, listeners, enjoy our, our preview here. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Buffalo Bills Maybe Next Year. Please step six feet away from your headphones and put on a mask if you're going to listen. Because uh, I got COVID. I'm Frank. I'm Scott. <coughs> I'm Paul. Yeah, real funny, Paul. Yeah, I know. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we're gonna we're gonna do this now, um, and 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 hopefully my my symptoms will will stay mild, um, but uh, that shouldn't actually affect your listening at all. Uh, the Buffalo Bills played and won two football games since we last spoke to you, and they had some turkey, um, so it's it's gonna be a bit of a juggle here uh, as we get through this. Uh, but the Bills beat the Cleveland Browns 31-23, to which, you know, I'm all about. And they beat the Lions in, in dramatic fashion, 28-25. Both technically one-score games, bringing their record to 3-3 three and three in one-score games this year. Um, for those of you that care about such things. Um, we can talk about them together or separately. I think it's, you know... Allen, 18 of 27 for 197 yards and a touchdown against the Brown with no interceptions. And then against the the Lions, you got more of the feast and famine, the 25, 253 yards, two touchdowns and an interception and another one, another touchdown rushing, not another interception running. Um, but the Bills, you know, uh, they, they didn't really pull away from the Lions when they had the chance. You get the safety. Uh, and they had to fight them to the end. The Browns, they did sort of pull away from, and the Browns crawled them back so themselves back within a score. Um, but end of the day, the Bills uh, win two. They keep pace, as it turns out, with the, the Dolphins and the Chiefs and other teams that they need to be keeping pace with. And, I, you know, we'll, we'll get to some of the headlines, but I don't know. At this point, I feel like there's very little to complain about uh, with two victories because they had been scuffling, as they say. Um, so let's turn it over to Paul. Paul, give us your thoughts yep. in any order or fashion that you'd like uh, regarding the two victories over Thanksgiving week. Sure, I'll do these relatively collectively to save time. I will also knock out our listener question segment here because we had one, and that was uh, Brian asking, uh, that's as weird and unsatisfying a win as I've seen in a long time, referring to the Lions game. I'm more relieved than happy. How are you feeling about it? I know Detroit's offense has been really good, so kind of expect a shootout. Didn't expect our offense to struggle so much. So I will answer that uh, in conjunction with this response. I am 100% satisfied uh, with these wins, to, to be frank with everyone. Yeah. Uh, there are times when you scuffle against inferior teams and you come out with wins and you aren't happy because it's a matter of thinking, wow, they really – you know, they're going to face some better teams down the road. These are really some bad underperformances. We have some signs of greater problems. To me, these were not those games. These were the games where you have a crap ton of people injured 
against a Cleveland team that had just been coming off a big win, and it's been very up and down. And as we saw last week, they can be very up when uh, they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, and pulled out that win against Tom Brady in the uh, NFC South leading uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So you, you got out of there uh, with a win in a crazy snow-filled uh, Detroit battle where the game had to be relocated to Detroit. So the team had to fly out to Detroit, ton of injuries, gets off to the slowest start in human history. I don't think they had a first down until maybe halfway through the second quarter. Yeah. And eventually manages to pull away, then does their best to let Cleveland back in the game, uh, and then fumble an onside kick out of bounds and, and win the game. Detroit, so you're working on a four-day week now. You've flown back home from Detroit. You fly back out to Detroit. Your biggest star player, not named Josh Allen, gets hurt in the first half of the game, doesn't come back, and you're down your top three edge rushers where you're now defending on depending on guy you're down on Boogie Basham to take ninety five percent of the snaps, which is what he did after the injuries happened. Boogie is a guy who was a healthy scratch earlier this year. The other guy out there with him, Shaq Lawson, also a healthy scratch earlier this year, and Mike Love, a practice squad guy up for this game. So they were really they had their backs against it. They managed to somehow gut out these wins. They needed these two wins after the two stumbles the weeks before. So Yes, I can look at the performance and say, boy, they should have been more productive on offense with the two defenses that they played this week around. They did have some success on the ground against Cleveland, which was nice to see. Uh, and even Singletary rushed fairly well against Detroit. Unfortunately, James Cook seemed to you know, be making that uh, lateral, pro not linear progress we talked about as rookies because he had a good game against Cleveland and then was you know, just pretty mediocre to bad against Detroit and ended up being benched for the entire fourth quarter. So, yeah, not overall loving the performance that we saw, but what they need more than anything were two wins uh, out of this crazy injury-riddled, snow-soaked, <coughs> short-rest stretch, and they got them, and I am thus 100% happy with talking about the 8-3 and three Bills, no matter how they got there. Yeah, I mean, I, I do, I, I am happy. I'm obviously glad they, they won. I'm glad that they they're, they... I think I agree with Paul that they show a lot of mental toughness in in fighting through a lot of non-standard, weird, you know, short week uh, for Thanksgiving, weird snow week for um, Detroit, or, or excuse me, for the Browns game in Detroit. Um, I, I think I'm pleased with all that. I think that the thing that concerns me, if you're looking at it from the from the other side would be that these are two like i'm not going to say that they're like horrifically bad like atrocious teams but they're not good teams like detroit's playing well and they have won three in a row but they're still four and seven or three and four and eight or whatever they are and the browns are now still four and seven or three and eight i forget what, what happened to them. um and the the problem is is that these were both you know, the, the the Lions game very clearly was a game that the Bills could have lost. We were all very up front with each other in the group chat in the fourth quarter of that Lions game. Um, we would have been, we were we were going to be lucky to win that game, basically, is how it was going. And I don't want to say it's luck, because Allen completely changed how he was playing in the last two and a half minutes and turned into the Josh Allen of, you know, peak form last year, put the team on his back, made some amazing passes to Diggs, and won the game for us. And it was... It was all on him, and it was everything that we've been hoping he'd been doing the whole game, but he, but he wasn't for whatever reason. Um, you know, we talked uh, 
ad nauseum uh, on this. You know, obviously Romo dissected him for a while on the telecast. Uh, whether it's the whether it's the elbow, whether it's his mental stuff, whether it's both, um, I, I still think that it's mostly mental. I think his elbow probably still hurts him, but I don't think it's it's clearly not. He can still you know absolutely gun it when he needs to, um, and and the, so physically, I, I think it might be affecting him in the sense that he's feeling his elbow and he's not a hundred percent, but he's still a football player and he's still capable of making big time throws. It's just for me, it still seems like a confidence and a and a of a mental thing sometimes where he gets in these ruts and he can't can't quite snap out of it um but luckily he did he did last thursday so anyway the fact that we that we kind of still got pushed by these you know very bad teams to me does not augur well and i I take the point on the injuries as well like again great mental toughness to get through the injuries but the injuries don't they don't automatically go away now that those games are over like miller is still going to be out for at least another week or two probably we'll get to him later and then we Rousseau, unclear, you know, I guess was practicing, I think we said today, right? Yeah, I got Maybe? the practice report for later, yep. Um, and then Epinesa, who knows about him? So we're, we're, we're down to the, again, guys who have talent, and I'm glad they're on the team. They're, they're good depth guys. That's why they're in there. But ultimately, we can't, you know, as we found out with Damar Hamlin and um, Jaquan Johnson, you know, they're depth guys for a reason. They're not, they're not going, supposed to be going against all pros and winning. You know, if they're going up against an all-pro, they're going to probably end up on the wrong end of that, and that's going to have negative impacts on the defense. A lot of great players playing well. Oliver's playing fantastic. Awesome game against the Lions. Milano's playing great. Both games played really well. Great game against Cleveland. Um, you know, Diggs, um, I'll get to him later, but, like, just uh, just more emotionally, you can see it, kind of the impact that he's having on the team. McKenzie uh, stepping up in the Lions game was awesome to see um, after they found him. Some great... Um, new wrinkles in the pass game from Dorsey, which was nice to see, to let us convert in the in the red zone and get some touchdowns there. Um, you know, the defense still playing a little bit better on third down sometimes. So they're, they're trying to fix some of these problems and they're playing better than they were two or three weeks ago. But to me, it's just, it's, it's still worrying because I know that there are much better teams out there where we, we're not going to get kind of, you know, we're not going to be going up against, you know, Jared Goff and Jacoby Brissett. It's uh, it's going to get tougher for sure. I think that perspective is always good in these situations. And at this time last year, they were six and five. You know, like they they were in trouble. They were in real trouble. You know, they didn't get their eighth win until December nineteenth when they they started the the march to the end with Carolina. And I think that you know you can really over parse you know not to say that you guys have said anything wrong or, or disagreeable i think everything you guys have, have said carries some merit i think that what gets forgotten is that it feels like this in the middle of a lot of seasons for a lot of teams you know and one of the things that i think the bills have gotten you know dinged for is that those games where they don't bring everything and they don't win, like against the Dolphins and Jets, you say, well, you know, that's what good teams do. They, they win the games that they shouldn't. And now they've won two games that maybe they shouldn't, you know, that they were, they're really, I think it's fair to say that, you know, especially with Miller going down, Miller is supposed to be the piece that um, put them over the top against the Chiefs. And so you're really hoping he can, he can return. Um, there's no doubt that like, uh, talent-wise, they're hurting, but win-wise, they're doing it. 
you know, they're ahead of where they were last year. Now, what you weren't expecting was the Dolphins to have such a good stretch and be as good as they are um, necessarily, uh, that the Jets would be scrappy, that the Chiefs would only have lost two games by now. Maybe you would have expected that. Like you, someone could have rightfully said, yeah, I can see the Chiefs going 15-2. and two. Um, But, you know, you, the, the games that, they've, that have been put in front of them, they've managed to win most of them and a lot of them. You know, and certainly they've hit this this skid in the middle and the injuries don't go away and they don't fix by themselves. But I think that, you know, they see that, you know, they they are hooking, crooking uh, their way to victories, even in, in games against like the Lions, where maybe they shouldn't. You know, there's this idea that if the Lions, uh, sorry, if Tyler Bass makes the extra point, you might be in a whole different position because the Lions might have had to go for a touchdown and, and then you might not be in a position to to win it at the end of the game, um, you know, but to go down the field with just 29 seconds left, that's, that's still really a, like an impressive and good and hard thing to do. Most teams can't do that. And I think that, you know, they did it <laughs> and they did it well and they did it almost effortless, effortlessly looking, you know, Diggs is sort of, Diggs was really frustrated in the one game and then came alive in the second half and just sort of willed his way to being open. Um, I, I don't think that Romo's position with Allen is that, like, his throws are, like, affected by his elbow not being right. I think that there is a – what he was trying to get at is, like, there's a natural uh, idea of, like, shortening or adjusting your throw uh, unconsciously because you don't want it to hurt. And that some of those throws, the follow-through wasn't there. But as was pointed out by Scott, even like when the game was on the line, all of a sudden he found all the follow through he needed. Um, so I don't know. I, I maintain that these are still largely the bills you expected them to be, um, that there are, you know, I think Diggs has done more this year, which has covered up for the less that you've gotten out of Gabe Davis and really the slot um, offensively. I think that Ed Oliver just – absolutely you know he should he should be told every game is thanksgiving as far as yeah. i can tell he he's just been excellent i mean and, and we and i had mentioned in the group chat you know there was times on this show where we said well we need more out of ed oliver and i can't believe that we wasted a ninth you know ninth pick on him i i think he's a, i think he's exactly what everyone hoped he would be um now i think he's great um i think a guy like you know groot if groot comes back and can play that's great if if you get some percentage of Von Miller, that sounds good too if he can go. Um, I know they're going to talk to, or they probably already have at this point, talk to Odell Beckham Jr. But I, what I, I think the only thing I would just add to this is like, it wasn't as simple as, you know, you know, bad teams can have good days and, and mediocre teams can, can have bad records. You know, I don't know that the, the Browns and the Lions are, you know, they're not the Texans, okay? The Texans are a truly terrible team, you know? Like, they're they're terrible, terrible. They don't have any, they don't do anything well. And there are teams that, you know, like the, the Lions and the and the Browns, which do do things well, you know? So I think that they're vulnerable. So I would suggest that your record R is what your record is. Like that's, that's just what your fucking, is. no, that's just Bill, Bill Parcells, like, needing to say something at a, at a, at a, at a press conference, I I, I just I, I don't believe that at He's all. He's a guy I, who knows about football. Yeah, he won a lot of football games with Lawrence Taylor 
like uh, an absolute. He's basically had the defensive. He had the defensive Tom Brady for for God knows how long. I'm not saying he's like stupid or totally wrong, but like that's just coach shit, dude. I don't believe that. I don't believe you are what you you end up being. Well, then what, what are you? Is. Well, then what are you, Frank? What? What are you? If you're not what your record is, then what are you? Is it the DVOA? Is it the wins if, above okay, replacement? Is it the expected? Okay, like, what is the if, thing that you're if judging? If you're a four-win team, Scott, you're not going to be a four-win team. Okay, if you're zero and zero, it doesn't mean you don't win or lose any games. Any more than if you're one and zero, it means you're going to win all the games. So we know there's obviously some wiggle room in what that actually means. I mean, logically mm-hmm. speaking, you would you would never be able to advance. Okay, so if the Browns are a four-win team and the Lions are a four-win team, well, they've done something right for four games, and it's not always against just like the teams that have three wins. So, you know, it, it's not the the Jaguars. You know, beat um, the Ravens. Okay, the the records were what they said they were in that game too. That doesn't affect. That doesn't change the any given Sunday, which is the other coach maxim. Those two. You can't have both any giving Sunday and you are what your record says you are to mean those are that two, those are two those are two distinct ideas. A no, four-win they're, they're team that has conflict. eight losses. If, if, if you are what suggests, your record is, that, if you are what your record is, means you should always beat the teams with worse records. Then any given no, Sunday doesn't mean is. anything. That's not what that. Means. That's not what that. Means. Of course, that's, that's what, that what you're using it for. You basically said no, I, they should beat the shit out of the Lions because the Lions are a bad team. And you are what your record is. Well, if you are what your record is, then right now you're tied for first in the AFC East, um, with a clear shot at being the number one seed in the in the conference. That that is that is true. That is true. <laughs> I'm not gonna de- I'm not gonna deny that the Bills are not anything less than that. Just saying. I'm just saying. Let's not start pumping up the Browns and Lions as big wins when we beat two four win teams. Let's, let's, let's not let's not do that. Those are I, well, completely different. This they, is, they we're in, we're, we've now reached need, the hard won, part of the okay. schedule. They won two games they needed to win with a lot of injuries. On a four-day turnaround with a, a, a record-breaking snowstorm in the mix. Okay. But first of all, also, I, I saw that the Bills are the, the first team to win two games in a row at Ford Field since 2016. Sorry, Lions. Which includes the Lions. Yes. yes. Okay. Well, we should get to three stars so so Scott can bury me. Or is it six stars today? 600 stars. There will be there will be six stars. All okay. right. It's like Orion. Sorry. Constellation humor. I mean, none of these stats mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing means anything. I mean, what? Nothing means anything. It's just, you know, um, we got Kierkegaard uh, as a guest on this pod, so it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Browns game. I, so the, I will use this as an opportunity to pontificate upon things that I want to pontificate on. Please do. Also stars. Third star goes to Josh Allen, 18-27, one number seven touchdown. Um, also had some good stuff on the road. Not his, not his best game, but I will say this, and I said this to the guys on, on Sunday. To me, the best thing about this game, you know, from from Allen and the Bills in general, was that they the offense 
everyone else was trying to do their bit and everyone understood that everyone else needed to do their job, including Josh Allen. It was not Josh Allen trying to um, play, you know, play like a unicorn centaur who's capable of stomping on 15 people at once on his way to the end zone, um, carrying the ball with his pinky finger. Like he played within the system. He made, he, sure, he missed on some throws, but he made some good conservative throws. He didn't feel like he was, it didn't seem to me like he was pressing. They called a game for him, which didn't make him have to press. They didn't consistently, like, I'm not saying that we have to, like, abandon being aggressive and going for it on fourth down when the situation calls for it. But there's also a point at which if your quarterback isn't playing super well, maybe don't go for it on fourth down as much. Put more pressure on him to succeed when, in fact, you could just kick the field goal sometimes and still win the game. Like, that, that's another way to win. And I think, I think there's been times when we put so much on Josh Allen that it became the, that when he starts not playing well, then it becomes very clean that but to him that, well, if I don't play well, this team's going to fall apart, when that's not really true. There's enough other talent on this team to beat a team like the Browns or the Lions um, to where Josh Allen doesn't have to pay like man-god centaur. And he can get away with a game where he throws for just under 200 yards but he doesn't make any huge mistakes. He keeps the team in the game. He moves the team down the field. Let's Tyler Bass kick six field goals. Um, again, the rule is you don't get field goals if you're kicking in. You don't get a star if you're kicking indoors. So sorry, sorry, Tyler. Um, but the but that my point is is that the, the rest of the offense and the defense played complementary football around Allen, and they called the game that supported that. And that's I think one of the big things that I think it was a step forward. Um, Second star goes to Amari Cooper, who was basically unblockable for most of the most And of uncoverable the game. as well. Um, uncoverable. Uncoverable is the correct terminology. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> no problem. Um, but uh, eight catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. Um, boy, he's good. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to play him anymore. Um, and we won't have to, Matt, so that's the good news. Yes. Matt Milano. Is he available? I we should look up his contract. because. Yeah. If he's if he needs work, um, we 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 got a, a job for him. Um, Matt Milano had like a million tackles. He had three tackles for loss. He had a sack. He was all over the field, past the fence. Um, he was, I mean, again, like we, you know, he. I don't want to say he's at this point. He's probably the best player on the defense, right? Yeah. Thir- I Trey, think he Trey's is a, not in there he, at thirteen million a year. He is probably the most underpaid player on this defense yeah and he, i think other than miller who is sort of a not a specialist but yeah yeah I, no that's that's true that's no it's fair i forgot about miller. I, miller is probably the best player on the defense but he is not he's not healthy right now. so certainly as of this moment yes playing for the bills matt Milano is the best player um so yeah i also um, don't think you could yeah. have the sorry i also like i don't think you could have this defense without milano i i, I think he is more of the engine than even Miller in that regard. Like, he's the guy. It is, yes, no, I mean, I think I think the one thing, I mean, the, I will say this, like, Frazier does need, he doesn't, I mean, he knows how to blitz, but that's not how he runs his defense normally. His right. defense normally is the rush for everyone else dropping a coverage, make them walk all the way down the field, beat superior athletes who know what they're doing. Um, and, the, and in that sense, Milano and Miller are both key parts of that, because, Milano is a guy who can cover a lot of people, takes eats up a yeah. lot of space in the field, eliminate eliminate space on the edges of the run game. Whereas Miller is the guy who can get to the quarterback in less than three seconds. 
and you need kind of both of those. And we didn't have Miller last year, but if we didn't have Mulatto, we'd, we'd be having the same problems. So we'd have we'd be having different problems. Right. Um, which is not to talk about the secondary, which is a whole nother. That's um, a mess. Yeah. Uh, all right. Lions game. Honorable mentions go to McKenzie, like I talked about. A really nice game. Just, I like seeing him play well. Yeah. Like, I feel like guy. he needed that he's for a team his confidence, player. if nothing else, you know? Yeah. Like, he's a good guy. He's a team player. He's, he's clearly been trying hard. It hasn't worked out with the transitions to Dorsey. They haven't been able to use him the way they used, but they got him involved in that game, and it worked. I'm glad to see. Um, Allen obviously had a nice game. Josh uh, Goff had a nice game. On the Ross St. Brown, another wide receiver. Not as good as Amari Cooper. No. Still kind of torched us. Um, again, when you have enough injuries on defense, this is something that's going to happen. Is mediocre. I mean, he's not even mediocre, but he's certainly not a top ten wide receiver in the league. No. And he's he got he got plenty on on Thursday. Um, but anyway, I'm going to give the third star to a, a um, not even a long time favorite, but a bit of nostalgia, a little bit of nostalgia seeing Uh-oh. AJ Klein out All there, right. just yeah. just running around. Playing well, like he hadn't, like plugged him like right back in. Like he'd been there all along. Like yep. he'd been there all along. Like I mean, on some level, he is the that is the ultimate. Uh, that is the, he's on the seventy man roster, which is the fifty three guys on your roster and the seventeen guys who were most recently on your team and know your system. Yeah, um, like we've been Hughes. going to that for <laughs> Dean, yep. Dean. Come on, Jerry. You know you don't like it in. <laughs> Did you see him live in Houston in the offseason? Yeah. He was slamming his helmet in Houston. I, he's like, kick, get me off of this fucking team. <laughs> yes, I will do anything. Just, just, he, Jerry, just um, get yourself cut from Houston. Oh, wait, that's impossible because of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, AJ, nice to see him out there. He had he had a couple tackles. He, he You know, again, he's never the fastest to the corner, um, but generally good in run defense and can, can rush the passer when you give him a um, so nice to see him out there. Um, yeah, I, I will say this, this, to, I feel like this yeah. administration has done a better job with the retreads they bring back actually helping out than previous Bills versions. Like, <laughs> yeah, we'll bring back Sean Merriman now. Yeah, we'll bring back this guy now. Like, they're always terrible anyway. Like these guys actually. Yeah. Like I saw AJ Klein in the field and not for bad reasons on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Build some tread on the tires. I think yeah. that's the um, Ed Oliver, second star, six tackles, one sack, two tackles for loss, one fumble. Force and one fumble recovery, according to some metrics. Um, yes. But yeah, like we were saying, just again, like clearly took it on himself that he needed to be the best player on the defensive line, and we needed it because and the safety, um, just a ridiculous, a ridiculously statistic game. Um, so it, it's it's great to see. But yeah, we're gonna need more of him depending on what happens with Miller and, and the rest of the line. So just keep it up, Ed, and keep eating those Wheaties. We're gonna need you for every snap, basically. Um, and I gave the first start of Diggs eight catches, seventy-seven, and a touchdown. To me, I thought, I thought the the interesting thing was is such a contrast. And I, you know, I, on Sunday early, you could see McDermott, you know, t- talking to Diggs, yeah, being like, I forget what he was saying. I put it in the chat. What did he say? He was like, slow down, or mm-hmm. go yeah. slow, or take yeah, it easy, or whatever. I'll, it was. I'll look at our chat while you're. Yeah, it. and it was it was really remarkable because he was so emotional and just I mean again some of it was the offense was playing horrible and he knew that he could help but I don't know if it was the game plan I don't know if it was this this the idea of like in order to get out of the old model of how we were doing business which was the Josh Allen Centaur God model of 
you know, but part of that was, and then when all else fails, just throw it to Diggs and he'll fix it. I wonder if that was also part of it of like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to make Josh throw to other people that will get them involved. He will start relying them on, it will rebuild. We're going to have to kind of go back to ground zero on this offense a bit. And Diggs needs to just take a half off. Um, and he was so emotional. But then on Sunday, you could see him, you know, it was it was funny what I think it was Wolfson, I think is the, the sideline. Yep, was the Wilson. one saying yep. that was the one saying that Diggs was the one who was in Allen's ear, trying right. to get him to 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 stay emotionally invested in the game in an otherwise third and fourth quarter when it seemed like the wheels were basically coming off the Bills offense and we were very much in the face of a looking at a loss um of of on Thanksgiving a very you know, a high profile national, you know, third most watched game ever kind of uh, loss. Yeah. Um, or at least the highest ranked early football game ever, most viewed football games. Thanksgiving. So I, I give it to Diggs as much for his, um, I mean, obviously a spectacular, you know, game saving, game clinching almost catch on on the on the the, the 20 seconds left play um, to get down the field to make the catch in traffic. Um, with Allen kind of putting all he had on it. That's that's a lot of it, but also just the emotional kind of leadership. He's a captain. I think he's good for Allen. Hopefully between the two of them, as long as someone's got their head in the right spot, they can kind of get there. It'd be great. I mean, I think this is the thing. Is like This is the theory of like why you wanted like the Crowder or the – we just signed Smoke Brown. Maybe he could be the guy. Um of the, the veteran wide receiver who can kind of like calm things down because Diggs is not quite that guy. He is very much an emotional heart on his sleeve guy that can be good. As long as you just, you don't have too many of those guys and they're not all running. They're not all on that. They're not all on a down trip at the same time. Uh, right. So hopefully that, that stays like that. Those are your six stars. I can, we get like a highest honors mention for Tyler Bass who really did, win the football game and then Very also well. had six yes. you know and and won the football game. he won yes. both you could also say he won both football games kind of yeah you're right i just feel like you know that many field goals and to have the presence of mind to miss the extra point i mean it's just <laughs> yep. very strange strategy my, no one saw that my, coming my cousin's husband told me that because uh, uh, he's a big analytics guy that the bills analytics actually the, their odds of winning the game actually <clears> improved when bass missed the extra point because statistically, go. as Scott was alluding to, then teams tend to try to go for the field goal to tie you rather than the touchdown to beat you, and they left Josh too much time, and we saw what happened. It's nice when 29 seconds is too much time. Yep. Speaking of a big old freaking uh, injury list, yeah, Josh <laughs> Allen, full participant today with video proof. Deion Dawkins did not practice with an angle injury. Tremaine Edmonds, uh full participant which Yay. is excellent um that you know you, you said we didn't see aj klein for any bad Hit the reason. bench I, aj yeah <laughs> back AJ to special klein. teams aj we appreciate you the 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 only bad reason was tremaine edmonds was missing aj epinesa also full which is nice from a body yep. standpoint mm-hmm. um damar hamlin dane jackson and jaquan jocks jacks johnson all did not practice with illness um I think Demar Hamlin's illness might be terrible safetyitis. Uh, he's just <laughs> fucking. Oh. He's, he's brutal. 
He was he actually looked decent against the Browns and then against the Lions. It's like, oh wait, okay, no, now you're being All I saw was him like not like tackling somebody or getting in <laughs> well after the fact constantly. And I feel like that's been you know, weeks – like, even more so than some people who are getting down on Dane Jackson. I feel like DeMar Hamlin's yeah. just been brutal. Um, Cam Lewis is a full participant despite a forearm injury. Mitch Morse – there's another thing. We didn't talk about, like, Mitch Morse not playing the, the Lions yeah. game. Uh, and and there part- were a ton of high snaps by Bates, too, we, you know, yeah. which didn't even come up. But they survived those. Yes, another full participant uh, despite elbow and ankle injuries previously. Quinton Morris uh, was an illness. Uh, Jordan Phillips was a full participant despite an eye injury. Maybe he didn't play. <laughs> he, yeah, uh, or I thought it was a side. He turned into a cyclops, but maybe right. you're right. Maybe uh, it was a poke in the eye. Greg Rousseau, <laughs> a full participant despite an ankle injury, and Khalil Shakir uh, did not practice with an illness. This does not include the stuff that happened right before the Lions game, which we didn't talk about, which was um, Christian Benford went from week to week to on the injured reserve, which was. Mm-hmm crapola because he's had a very nice so he could he could come back in four weeks he could come back in a month um but i think him and um oh god uh Elam. Elam, yep. yeah I, I i think the one thing i would like to say so far is like there's not really complaints about those two guys i don't know that they've like lit up the backfield but when they've been healthy they've largely stepped in and it felt like things were going fine Right, and, um, and I'd agree. And, and Pete, you brought up Dane Jackson getting, you know, crapped on a little bit. Dane Jackson's had a few rough weeks, but he has been depended on to be the number one cornerback for this club mm-hmm. for the first 11 games of the season. He's got probably about one more week left to do it, assuming Trey does maybe a 50-50 sort of thing this right. week. Um, hey, he's not a number one rider, number one cornerback, but I think for filling in, he's done fine. I'm okay yeah. with him and Elam doing a number two rotation until someone claims that role. They brought uh, wide receivers John Smoke Brown to the practice squad, uh, C.J. Brewer signed to the practice squad, and Xavier Rhodes was signed from the practice squad, which means he's on the 53-man, which means he's probably going to play, given some yeah. of the thinness in the in the secondary. Um, I, f- I felt like I completely forgot that Xavier Rhodes, I said this the other week, I had completely forgotten that he was on the team, uh, that, like, that was a thing that we had tried. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of optimism about John Brown coming back. I don't have that <laughs> optimism because I, I tend to think there's a reason why he's not on football teams. Somebody said that about like they, we needed to get Cole Beasley back because he and it's like no, there's a reason Cole Beasley's not on the team, and it's not because he's like a a, a COVID. I wouldn't call him exactly a COVID denier, but not because of all that bullshit. It's um, it's because he stopped being good. And right. yeah, it's because, and as we've talked about on this pod for literally years, and many people talk about for us, once you get to like 32 years old or so, you know, those the, the things that help you get separation, the things that help you, the speed that you have, you're losing steps and you're losing moves. It is yeah. just human, the body's way. And in the National Football League, where the line between not roster worthy and star receiver is very thin, it does not take long for that depreciation to be notable. Yeah. So I, th- now he so we'll we'll see if there's some some room for him to do something because certainly the passing game needs help and I'm not like mad that they brought him in. There's not a lot of right. options other than Odell Beckham Jr. who uh, apparently drank a little too much on the plane to Buffalo the other day. But that's something was we can it talk was about. it al- did they determine it was alcohol or that he just was out like a light? Could have been a medical thing, right? Maybe it was drinking. Yeah. 
Yeah, fix that a little bit because I did hear. Okay, now I don't. I heard an echo of myself in the background before. Now that has vanished. But now I think we've lost Frank. Scott, are you can here? you hear me? I'm back. Now we can hear you. All okay, right, there we go. so we might have a little blip there in the middle, but I still see all the recording happening, yep. so we should be good. Um, I don't. You know, I wasn't there, and I don't know. The first thing I saw was that he was drunk, and uh, okay, that'd be weird if it. But I don't know that that's the case. Um, he could have just been. There were people drinking. Uh, I want to note, I was in Buffalo five hours ago, and there were several people drinking on the plane. And for those of you wondering, we are pi it is 4.51 p.m. Eastern time right now, which means I was yeah. on that plane at about noon. So. In and out of consciousness and refused to leave the airplane when asked. So that's open to interpretation. But he hasn't he hasn't sexually assaulted anyone that I know of, and he— if he catches footballs, I can deal with him being right. a weirdo. Drunk, on a drunk on a plane is is uh, on it's the list down of there. Yeah, it's it's a it's a low offense. It's down there. Okay. Um, with regards to uh, and I've lost the agenda completely, guys. So oh sure, <laughs> yes, yeah. we were talking. Your next thing, Frank, was going to be the injury report and specifically Von Miller. Specifically Von Miller. Yeah. So Miller's in a spot, Scott. Let's go. Let's turn to Scott here. Um, Miller's in a spot where he's going to definitely miss this game against the Patriots, and then they're going to reevaluate with regards to the swelling. It looks like he's he's missed the ACL tear, um, which is uh, would have been the really really big one. I've seen different strains of the possibility, but he's had a knee injury before, and he could uh, potentially slap on a brace and play football. So, uh, what do you make of all that? Um, you know, it's not good. Uh, I wish he didn't hurt his foot anyway. Um, I think he should get better. Good, good analysis. <laughs> um, this is why you pay for premium for this, not, Patreon. Yeah, that's right. This is all, this is only available on the pre on the Patreon. I think uh, no. I mean, obviously, it's not. It's 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 bad. It's, it's really bad. I mean, I think, I think it's going to be, it's going to be an impact. It's going to be an impact every week. I mean, this is the thing. Like, this is why we brought him in was to have this be, have him be the guy who could get to the quarterback in less than three seconds, the guy who they could make them plan their, plan their offense around under the theory that they had to neutralize him and then figure out what to do next. Um, now we don't have that. No one, I mean, even if Oliver is playing well, he's not that guy. At least he hasn't been um, so far consistently to where he's wrecking people's game plans, um, and there as a result, that's what that's we now have to do that. So I think that's um, so yeah, it's not good. I hope I hope it is something simple, and I, I agree. I think a big part of it is we should you know yeah having him on the sidelines helps. You know it's definitely a thing that helps in terms of coaching the rest of the guys and keeping them in 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 form mentally but obviously like him being good and on the on the field is yeah. i'm hopeful and we'll turn it over to paul too that that like you said like you know he, him not having the ability he's not exactly an every down player right now but he's out there a lot and if they can limit his snaps maybe they can maximize the old you know if it's one of those things where like it hurts but he can do it for a little while you can maximize which snaps he's involved in you know, the other thing is that, like, they play this game against New England, and then they, they do get a 10-day window before the next 
uh, the next uh, game. They, they get before they play the Jets. You know, so there's a chance that hopefully, given a little bit of extra rest, we can get a real good picture of what's happening here. But this is certainly one of the reasons that Paul that you know, Bean and guys have, have been hesitant to sign the big free agent contracts because, you know, you sign a guy like this for, and all that money's, that's a lot of guaranteed money. And if it had been an ACL injury, it's not just this year, it's next year. You're like out yeah. a lot of money and none of the play. And it's nobody's fault other than shit happens. Right. And it was a risk because Vaughn had suffered an ACL injury earlier in his career. So it's not like the possibility of that cropping up again wasn't going to hurt and yeah from a a cap perspective this is where the risk is that said we're in a league now where like the rams did last year teams are just going to go for it and you either have to go for it or be left behind so uh kudos to brand for having the guts but yeah this is where we see that risk being uh risky to overuse that word as much as possible yeah and i think scott had hit on why it hurts to miss vaughn i think one thing that we also have to remember is without him that hurts the rest of the defense in a lot of ways because they are so dependent on him being the closer, but he has helped to open things up for Ed Oliver and Daquan Jones. And on the other side for Rousseau, we've seen AJ Epinesa the last, you know, when he, well, the games he's played uh, more recently, he seems to have been better. And I think we know you have a lot of pressure taken off him when you have the attention that has to be paid to Vaughn. And now, of course, your next game without him, you're going up against a guy who is very good at making you play with your left hand. You know, he is that is his reputation. He will make you beat you with your weakness. So, you know, and, and for this key stretch of the season, uh, it could be a problem. Let's hope it's like Frank said, and, you know, maybe he can wear that brace. You have him kind of that pinch hitter role like Kirk Gibson in the 1988 World Series. Like you're only going to use him sporadically when you need to. Uh, and, you know, hopefully that works out well for you. But, yeah, if he's – there's a big difference on can he play and play effectively on even a limited basis or is this it for him for this season? And is this – if it's not – we, we don't we, – they, they report it's not an ACL tear, but there could be some damage down there. Is this something that's going to knock him out until training camp, in which case all of a sudden uh, this team is going to look very similar to the team last year that, that had difficulty, that wasn't unable to unseat Kansas City – and now right. they're going to have to try and do that with the same crew again if, if Vaughn is hurt. So uh, there, obviously a huge injury. There were definitely times in the, especially at the end of the Lions game, where I thought this is, you know, this drive would have been disrupted by Vaughn Miller by yep. now. And, you know, like that he would have found some way to disrupt something. And so I, I, it's it's funny how quickly we get used to him, you know, being there and doing things. Um, a guy who came back, of course, is Trey White, who quote-unquote, did good things, according to Leslie Frazier, and they feel good about increasing his role this week against um, the Patriots. And hopefully by the time they, they play the Jets, he'll be back to playing the whole game. Um, very, very uh, interesting sort of developments there with Trey. Um, I don't know if anybody has any comments on it other than, you know, we'd like to see more of him. And um, Yeah, I, you know. I, I was concerned because he'd been he'd been by his own admission a dark place mentally. Uh, I don't want to go into the details and trigger people, but you can find the information where he talks about it and and how rough the rehab was for him. And then the delays in him getting back, I was extraordinarily worried. Like his mind had just checked out of football. Whether it was a fear issue, whether right. it was uh, you know don't want to do this anymore issue, that was it. So to see him on the field the first two drives definitely encouraging. If we see him on the field more against the Patriots and we get a better idea of how he is, if he's really close to the old Trey White uh, physically, 
that will be another very good sign. So I think this is going to be a, a key week to assess just how 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 back is Trey White. Absolutely. Um, also, Ike Butker, but we're not going to talk about him. Good for him. He might be he might be coming off coming back home soon. The way the injuries have been to the interior line, we'll probably be talking about Ike Butker at center before the end of the year. So yeah, don't don't say that. Gosh. All right. Uh, <laughs> Everyone else has played center this year. Bring it into the world. Right. Josh Allen at center. That would yep. be fun. Uh, just do you have to give it to someone else on a snap? Could you snap you it? You do. To they used to have all oh, when we were kids, man, that's something called the center sneak. And the center could snap the ball and as long as it touched the quarterback's hands, the center could actually keep the ball and then go into the end zone for a touchdown or sneak it if it were a third or fourth and short. Oh, that'd be a lot of fun. Yep, and then some some somewhere around the late eighties they're like, No, you can't do that anymore. That's wild. <sighs> okay. So we had said this before, and the reason we didn't do a big preview was because of this following stretch of games. Uh, the AFC East is tightly packed. Uh, the Bills and Dolphins are t- knotted at 8-3. and three. Technically, the Dolphins are ahead of the Bills, given the tiebreaker. The Jets are one game back at 7-4, and four, and the Patriots 6-5. and five. Um, Patriots lost on Thanksgiving night. The D- Jets and Dolphins had easy matchups, if you will. Uh, themselves and managed to roll those teams uh, and so here we go this this stretch of games will likely determine the AFC East what I thought was interesting was even if they got swept according to the I, the New York Times damn uh, it you've stolen my thunder with the Times play no you say it then that's fine sure um, uh, if yeah. they win these games the AFC is on the AFC East is on lockdown and they are in in great shape to um, really get the one seed. Like you know, yeah. it's, it's not for better, certain, but they're in excellent 60% shape. Sixty percent actually yeah. to get the one seed. Yeah, they're in excellent excellent shape. Um, the the AFC East is basically a foregone conclusion if they win these three games. Um, it's actually not even out of reach or or terribly like impossible if they were to actually drop even one more. Which why don't we turn to let let Paul explain that? Yeah. But you know to go on the road to Foxborough on Thursday night and then have two home games against the Jets and then the Dolphins, which I don't like. I I don't know the extent of flexibility for that weekend. I know there's not a time yet set. Yeah. But that that very well could be a a prime time match, Bills Dolphins. I I think that's going to be Christmas Eve. I think that's going to be the night of Christmas. I think it's going to be you're going to go to your church in the afternoon. All you good Christians, now nah, you can be with Catholics anyway. Yeah, Catholics, yes, um, and, and enjoy that. But when you look, I had this great uh, diatribe planned when I was on a walk the other day, and it was going to be all hyperbolic. But then the New York Times play uh, playoff generator debuted this week, so we can actually use real numbers. So yes, yeah, Frank was alluding to. We'll take the extremes first. A sweep. You have a 100% chance to make the playoffs. That doesn't mean you've officially clinched it, but it means the number of things that would have to go wrong for you to miss it are not going to ever happen uh, on this planet. The bye week, you're nearly 60%. You're going to win the division almost certainly. Uh, well, I should say almost certainly, but uh, you know, you're know, you like 95% to win the division. The other extreme, the getting swept. Uh, hold on to your butts, is, uh, is someone once said. I don't remember who. Samuel uh, Jackson. Samuel Jackson, that was it. Uh, you're not getting the bye week. You're under 1%. Your odds of winning the division are 2% if you Ooh. get swept. And then you're in a battle for the playoffs. You're about, you know, 56%-ish uh, to get to the playoffs. So when you look at the games, this seems counterintuitive because I remember saying 
um, that if the Bills start 0-3 in the division, their odds are pretty much just um, gone, But you know, in terms of winning the division. But if they lose to the Pats and win the next two, they have a 99% chance to make the playoffs, 43% chance to win the division, which is not great. Actually, no, excuse me, 72% chance. It's yeah. And then 29% for the bye week. So this game, uh, I really think they should try to win it. Um, it would be good if they did, but this game is not as key as we're going to see those Jets and Dolphins games uh, be. The Dolphins game, if they win both and they lose to the uh, Dolphins, that's going to be a problem. Uh, then you're looking at just under 50% to make the division. You have a great chance of getting to the wild card, but that Dolphins game is going to be the one that's huge. Um, however, I think it's funny that it's still a, 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 a like not quite a coin toss, though. It's, yeah. It's it, it is great. It, yeah, this is a very bizarre division this year with everyone this uh, tight together. But th- the reason this game will help, you're going into a 10-day break. You're done with your road divisional games. You're not going to have to worry about finishing no better than 500 in your division, which is a very real, uh, which will be reality if they don't win on Thursday. And also, if the Niners can take care of business and snap the, the Dolphins' five-game winning streak, now you're entering December in January in the driver's seat. And that is a much more comfortable place to be than last year when they had to scratch and claw their way through December just to get into a semi-advantageous number three seed position uh, come mid-January. So uh, important game this week, not the most important game this week, not as important as I figured it would be after the Minnesota game, uh, but certainly this three-game stretch, one way or the other, is going to largely determine how the rest of the season unfolds. Yes, I think this is, yeah, I mean, it's tough to overstate how important this is. I mean, obviously, I think they're still, like Paul said, the percentages are still there to get in the playoffs. You get into the tournament, anything can happen. There have been teams that have won the wild card, but certainly your odds are better when you've got these kind of, um, when you've got things like the bye. I think especially for this team, given how horrifically injured they are, um, that bye week is so critical. So trying to secure it is obviously not just of normal importance, but extraordinary importance at this point. Um, so I think that, that to me, is why these are a little bit more than normal. Um, but I think the division is still, the division still means something. I think um, if we don't win the division, we're going to end up probably going to have to play the division winner at some point. Just whether, you know, either you win your first round game and then play them or you play them in the first round, you're still probably going to have to deal with it. And, so, and you have to do the whole playoffs well, on the road, almost certainly, which yeah. is another problem. Yeah. It's 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 just a it's just a lot to ask of a team that you know again like if they were firing on all cylinders if you dropped the the team the Bills team that was there at the beginning of the season into a road you know uh, w- you know win three games on the road and go to the Super Bowl like I I'd, I'd be like you know what fine I'll take that um, <coughs> it's 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 not it's not ideal but I don't think you can't do it it's more with this team now as currently constructed with the amount of injuries with the secondary problems everything else. That's where it's like you kind of need these advantages to make them easier if you can. So yeah, it's uh, <coughs> I think they can get. I think they'll get two. I just I'm not sure I've decided. Yeah, which two. and if they do get two, if they lose to the Pats, that if they we talked about the Pats being the least key of these games, but I also want to emphasize if they lose to the Pats this week, your odds of being that one seed and getting that bye week are about uh, 25 percent, 25, 27 percent, depending on how many times I run the simulator. So. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah, not great. <laughs> you know, the, the, the Chiefs have sort of played very well, and they've won a lot of close games, which sort of, you know, 
they haven't hasn't caught up to them yet you know that it, it might um you know even bad teams win games so we'll have to kind of keep an eye on it the good news is with the bills largely they control their own destiny other than you know they they do need help from one person to beat kansas city with regards to the ultimate uh finish in the afc period but you know the afc east is all there for them there's nothing they have to do except win the games they have to win um no other no other team can can say more than that the dolphins are in the same boat the dolphins are not sitting there going like well we're in the we're we're really in the driver's seat with the bills and it's not really the case because you have to play them that second game anyway um so we'll have to see if if uh they can kind of pull it together or not it's um you know go ahead and ask the patriots how it worked out for them to be leading about this time last year um for the record, since we're talking about it, the Dolphins are playing the 49ers, the Chargers, and then the Bills all on the road before playing the Packers at home, the Dolphins on the road, sorry, the Patriots on the road, and the Jets at home. So the Dolphins have had a lot of their home cooking. They're going to go play, you know, the Chargers came alive, the 49ers are okay, the Bills are obviously good, um, the Packers, Packers are weird. And the Patriots and Jets are in the division, so there you go. Could be uh, could be just about that time. Um, why don't we do this day in Bills headlines, and then we'll talk about that that five and a half point uh, Patriots game. All right, sounds like a plan. So today is November twenty eighth uh, for anyone listening to this, and for those of you uh, telepathically uh, absorbing this into your bloodstream. <laughs> we'll do nine headlines. We'll start with twenty twenty blank is out for Bills versus Chargers. Cody Ford, done for season. Blank's a really good Cody player. Cody Ford. Well, he's the second half of the headline. I said his oh. name. So, but, you All know. right, well, he just said out for, out for the, you know. Right, okay. sorry. Blank is out for Bills versus Chargers, and I'm, Cody Ford is done for the season. So gotcha. I will restate the headline. Here we go. Blank's a really good player, McDermott said. He's a big part of our offense, so like with any other situation, we've got to have somebody step in and step up, whether it's Gabe or any of the other receivers, Isaiah McKenzie, Andre Roberts, we expect a lot from them as well. I was going to say Tyrod Taylor, but that's obviously not the answer now because I feel like this would have been Nathan Peterman stepping in for this Chargers game. But, no, that was an earlier season. Okay. um, Kelvin uh, Benjamin. No, no. Smoke Brown. Smoke Brown. There you go. Very timely headline, so I wanted to get that one in there. Welcome back, Smoke. 2018. This goes back to more of the seasons that Frank was thinking about. Bills Blank says he was defending myself and my team in fight with Jaguars' Leonard Fournette. All right, it's real, man. I'll answer, Blank said with a smile at the time. How the whole situation happened, I was defending myself because he came from the sideline. So at that time, I was basically defending myself and my team, fighting for my brothers. Ain't nobody going to let anybody in this world let a man throw a punch at you, and you won't react to it. So play. I don't know if you remember this. I was I only watched some of this game on replay. I was driving back from Buffalo for Thanksgiving, and Frank was uh, texting me, uh, you know, at the time with random updates. And this was a wasn't this uh, no? Because I remember it's a tougher it... guy. It's a defender who was rightfully on the field, unlike Fournette, who was out on the sidelines taking a break. Yeah. Um, was this was this Shaq Lawson? It was Shaq Lawson. Boy, okay. Scott, you are. Uh, He's on it. Party. Yeah. All right. We'll keep it. The defender. The defender guy. Yeah, defender, tough guy, defensive lineman. You've got all the hints. All right, 2017. Blank making snaps count, labeled as someone you can count on by Bill's coaches. He's not the stud rookie in cornerback Tredavious White, 
He's not a fan favorite like Jordan Poyer. He hasn't led the NFL in points like Micah Hyde. That is a weird thing to say. I don't know how Micah Hyde leads the NFL in points, but we're going to go with that because that's what it says. Uh, it's <laughs> steady as he goes for for, for steady as Levi she goes. Levi Wallace. No, but a good guess. I think this was a year before he got here. Steady she goes for blank, and that's just how 6-5 and five Buffalo defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier likes it. So, so only the defensive coordinator was 6-5. and five. Right. Man, somebody him. was really Again, scrambling. This was really a terribly written article here. Yeah, there, that needs an editor. <laughs> like, these aren't even time. my typos. I, these are copy-pasted, folks. All right. Uh, not Levi Wallace. Teron Johnson? No. No, no. he was after. Uh. EJ Gaines. EJ Gaines. There you go. Nice. You were. It was gonna. Your next was gonna be Kevin Johnson, and then Josh Norman. Eventually, you guys would have gotten there. Josh Norman. All right. 2015. Blank goes on IR. Future with team unclear. Uh, post procedure. Blank expects rehab to last a few months. After enduring back-to-back Achilles injuries in the past, he said nothing scares him. Of course, the Bills. We'll eventually have a final decision to make with the 10-year veteran, too. Buffalo could clear up $5 million in cap space by releasing Blank, who will turn 33 years old in June. So you're looking for someone who joined the team in 2006, still with the team in 2015. Uh, and this uh, proved to be complete bullshit because he ended up making two more Pro Bowls with the team before his career ended. Aaron Schobel? No, no. You're in the right part of the... Ryan Denny, not Ryan Denny. Uh, Ryan Denny was useless, so no, not Ryan yeah. Denny. Not, not, is it Kyle? It is Kyle. I forgot that he hey. had a, multi, these Achilles injuries and then missed the last month of 2015. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to come back and play three more years and make two Pro Bowls. All right. Um, 2014. Blank put his stamp on Bills, has now found a home in Cleveland. Uh, Blank called his decision to leave the Bills bittersweet. I just felt we were headed in the right direction with the culture we were building, especially in the defensive room, he said. I thought that was a special group, and they've continued to prove it this year. Make no mistake about it, Blank did an excellent job here, along with the other coaches that were here, said Bills head coach Doug Marone, referring to 2013 Bills assistants Jim O'Neill, Anthony Weaver, Chuck Driesbeck, and Brian Fleury, who followed Blank to the other side of Lake Erie. Rex Ryan, Mike Pettin, boy Scott, today man, you're uh, not even close. You're oh, you're you're just it's on the COVID. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I I don't even think this is Frank bad COVID brain. I think this is just Scott on a roll. So let's keep it going. Uh, 2010, Bills elevate blank to active roster. This is the second straight week the Bills have added a native Western New Yorker to the main roster. Fullback Jahu Kalrick of Climber was activated as prior to last Sunday's game in Naaman Cincinnati. Roosevelt? Naaman Roosevelt. There we yes. go. Frank is uh, number two for, for the Drew Dad or Naaman Roosevelt. Yep. You're, t- you're talking about a receiver up in the, uh, from, from the University of Buffalo. You, those are your two choices. Um, 2007. This is a little – this is playing dirty pool on my part, but we're going to go with it anyway. Uh, friends, t- friends, comma, teammates, more loss of blank. Guard Pete Kendall said it will be difficult to prepare for Sunday's game, a home game against the Buffalo Bills. As he wanted to play the game, Kendall said, I'm going to wait and see. At this point, I'm just trying to process everything that's going on. There are guys on this team who know Blank much better than I do. My thoughts are first and foremost with Blank and his family, and I'm concerned after that with my teammates who really are going to be struggling with this thing. 
So I want to say the only Bills connection here is that this team was going to be playing the Bills the following Sunday. Is this uh, Sean Taylor? Sean Taylor. Wow, Scott, you are you are clearly hacking into my computer right now to read this. Yes, the the first Bills game we all attended at the same time. I don't want to say together because you guys were sitting separately from me. Um, but we did all meet up afterwards and have a delicious meal, Pizzeria Uno. Uh, and rest in peace, Sean Taylor. All right. Um, if Scott gets this one, he's gonna do the same Bills headlines from now on because this would be a this would be a, this is a challenge. 2001, Bills signed kicker Blank. As a collegian, Blank kicked at Virginia Tech and set the Big East Conference record with 371 points. He was a four-time all-conference player and honor shared in the Big East only by Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Donovan McNabb. I will. You are germinating on this. He only kicked for the Bills for the rest of the 2001 season and then was gone. But they were the first of 14 NFL teams he played for, and some multiple times. Uh, He lasted the longest with the Bengals where he played a few years, uh, and he was a first-team All-Pro with them in 05 and made a Pro Bowl. End up kicking the NFL until 2015. He was that guy you often sign like, crap, our kicker's hurt, get this guy. And the Bills were the first to use him. He was a redhead, uh, if that, if you happen to know Bills kicker's hair colors. Jimmy O'Sullivan. <laughs> as good a guess as any. Not um, Irish is enough. It like, is it like a sh- is it like shame or something? Oh, Scott, what the fuck? If you get the rest of this. What? <laughs> It is. It's, the I, there is a Shane. You're right. Yeah. Shane. Um, I think I got it. I don't even want to give any more hints because I feel like you're this close to getting yeah. it. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, it's just like, I, why can't I remember this? Like Shane, like Briscoe or Shane, like Fresco or Shane. Just All right. talking it out. You're, talking getting, it out. you're getting further. <laughs> think of Think of your favorite crackers. Shane Ritz. Shane, 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 yeah. Shane Goldfish. Shane, Shane Triscuit, maybe. Shane Carr. Shane. Uh, Shane Keebler. Do you gentlemen like s'mores? Shane Graham? Shane Graham. Shane Graham. Oh. <laughs> the anger is oh, now the name, name oh. resonates with Scott. I would love Well, I think you still now. won the game. I think you you put in yeah, the you one star. Yeah, you got There's only one there. headline left, and I think Scott's got this clinched. Uh, no matter what happens on this last one. <laughs> From 31 years ago, 1991, Blank's bum ankle tops list of injuries. Bills listed three players Wednesday on their injury report for Sunday's game against the New York Jets at Rich Stadium, which I can still say because that was a stadium back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive end Blank is listed as questionable with a sprained ankle. Tight end Keith McKellar and offensive lineman Glenn Parker are both listed as probable with shoulder knee injuries respectively. Blank took part in Wednesday's workout at Rich Stadium. Wasn't full go today, he said. I'm kind of babying it. All my forward motion is pretty good, but it's just a little tender yet. So did he not play? That is a good question. I'm going to look this up. I'll start with Bruce Smith. Yeah, that's as good a guess as any. I would try not to make it that obvious. Uh, Um, Mark Pike. Also a defensive end for the Bills in this era. So, yeah, you're you're on the— I'm steadily running out of ones I can remember. I will say this is – I'll give you one more kind of guess, and then I'll give some, some hints that will do it. And as I'm looking at the 1991 game – Shane Graham. Shane Graham. He did play on December 1st, so he did, in fact, play in the game. The Bills 24-13 win over the Jets, so he did play that week. Shane Conlon is a linebacker. 
Right. And it's not a Shane. No, um, <laughs> we're out of Shanes. This was a – all right, I think you're going to get it now. Rookie, Leon Seals. Leon Seals was on the other side of Bruce Smith until God. he was replaced by this guy. Damn it. Rookie, Ray Bentley. Rookie linebacker. That was a linebacker. All right. Damn rookie, it. Rookie 1991, round two pick by the Bills. He played all 11 seasons of his NFL career with Buffalo, registering 61 and a half sacks, and is on the Bills' wall of fame. Oh, I feel terrible now. I'm impressed I got Leon Seals. Yeah, that was a great one. I The only thing Leon Seals remember for is that highlight where in the Super Bowl he just, uh, what is certainly an illegal hit now, hit Jeff Hostetler yeah. after the ball was out and just landed on him with the full weight of all humanity. This is a much, uh, <sighs> much more well-known bill. You're going to say it, and I'm going to be mad. Oh, yeah. I mean, 11 seasons with the team on the wall of fame. I think he was – Second overall on the team in sacks until Mario Williams surpassed him, so now he's like third overall. Oh, is it? Um, no, no, it's not. Oh, yeah, it's this one. Um, I think he was a North Dakota State graduate or something like that. Small school. Big, uh, you know, just a big ornery looking white guy. Jim Angry. Bill Hansen. Phil Hansen. I knew. Oh, uh, God damn it. Yep. Big ornery looking white guy was the hint. We all knew. Why do it. I feel like he was later? You know why? Because most of his career was. It was. Yeah, this was literally his rookie O2, season. Yeah. This was the him. That's why I couldn't do yep, it. Him being interviewed That's why before I, I his, was... what would have been his 10th career game. So, yeah, that yeah, was, you know. All right. But well done, generally, gentlemen. Uh, that was, gener yeah, that was, that was not by speech, not it's so well done. Out. You guys, however, did very well on uh, this day in, in Bill's headlines for November 28th as I stopped drinking the bourbon. All right. The Patriots are plus 27 on the on the year for uh, points for versus points against, um, which is not too different. Frank's, Frank's only determination is to outdo his It's It's a data point. Um, <laughs> of course, they are what their record says, so I think we should just <laughs> – Go ahead and say that they're six and five. Ergo, they are six and five. And uh, with that tautological approach, no problem. Um, no, the the Bills are uh, not a touchdown favorite, but the uh, you know they're five and a half points. There's certainly some luster off the uh, little shine off the luster or whatever that is. It's a uh, with the um, uh, Von Miller coming down the, the Patriots <laughs> our, have, our brains are now tired at the end of yeah, this yeah like i have covid okay yeah, like, have i have excuse. a fucking excuse here okay um anyway somebody tell me who's gonna win the game and why <laughs> scott why don't you take the for the first shot here um yeah i guess i'll take the bills i'm not i mean they're, they're at home uh I'm not i'm not super confident as you can judge by my tone you know, I think the Bills, it's, I think the injury report is encouraging. I, mean, I think if yeah. we get, you know, Epinesa and Rousseau back, even if we don't have Miller, um, if Oliver continues to play well, the, the Patriots line has not been particularly good. Jermaine Edmonds so comes back, can, you know. Uh, you get him back. We get Trey White, hopefully, continues to play. Though, honestly, it's not like New England's really going to be. But, I mean, Mac Jones had a, had a, a decent game, I think, the last time out. Yeah, he was fine against Minnesota. Not world-beating, but did okay. Right. Um, you know, there was the kind of mini controversy with the other guy, Zap. Is that what his name is? Yeah. yeah. For, like, for like, like one week, they Zappy, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't um, think Mac Jones is very good, but I don't think that he's was ever should have been worried about Bailey Zappi. Right. Unlike yeah. Zach Wilson, so, who should be worried. Yeah, they should be worried about Mike White. Um, yeah, so I, I don't feel terribly confident, but I do feel like the Bills will have enough to get this done. I think that the Patriots, obviously their defense continues to get, um, you know, continues to do okay given the given the amount of um, talent that they have in general, just their ability to, uh, to kind of bell check put them in the right positions. Uh, but that said, they're still, you know, they're, they they have their they they can only do so much. So I will say, Bills. Bills twenty seven, Patriots. Twenty four. It's another another nail biter. Yeah, okay. We're getting better. It's better results at home, but against a better team. Yeah, my score is similar to Scott's. I have Buffalo twenty four, New England twenty three. Definitely a game that can go either way. I'm probably a little higher on New England's defense than than Scott is. They had some struggles toward the end against Minnesota, but so did the Bills' defense. Um, you know, they, this game's in in New England. I haven't checked the wind forecast. Let's hope the wind is is not a problem because that seems to be the great equalizer. But when you look at how Buffalo played New England the last two times they played them last year, the game in New England and then the playoff game in Buffalo, I. Th- I don't think New England's all that much more talented than they were then. The Bills didn't have Von Miller then, and they still beat the crap out of them. Uh, yeah. I don't think they're going to beat the crap out of them like that, certainly, which is why I predicted such a close score. The Bills still have injuries they're working through. I'm still not uh, – I still think Josh's elbow uh, is an issue. I'm glad to see mentally he seems to be doing a little bit better uh, in these recent games, these last six quarters at least. So I think Buffalo is just a better team, and we'll, we'll squeak this one out on the road. Yeah, <clears throat> sorry. I yeah. Wow. Hi guys. What was that? I fucking Bobby Brady. That. Um, the. Uh, I, I feel like offensively, Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen are enough. I think that you know. I think also I really you know I I didn't say it. I I, I appreciate what what Paul or not Paul what Scott was saying in the in the recaps about how they found different ways to win without putting it all on Allen's shoulder. Well, especially while he's sort of not maybe a hundred percent. Um, and I appreciated Alan's answer about, you know, nobody's a hundred percent this time of year. I think that's, I think that's true. I think, um, what was I going to say? So I, but for me, I feel like they, um, they've been finding different ways to win. And I think that will continue a bit, but I think as long as you have Alan and Diggs, I'm comfortable with them, that being better than whatever New England can muster offensively. You know, the run defense has been surprisingly okay this year. You know, compared to other years, they've done a decent job against hard-running football teams. So, I'm, you know, and I don't really have a lot of belief in Mac Jones still. I don't really know that he's done a ton. I know he's capable of some stuff. He's he's not a complete bum, but I don't think he's that good. And I think, uh, you know, the Bills should be able to, even limited as they are, uh, outshoot the, the Dolph, the outshoot the Patriots. Um, and I, I think this is you're probably guys are in the right like 28 20 like you know it's a it's I think they can cover five and a half points I think that it won't be much more than five and a half points right now I wouldn't pick a lot more but you know maybe it's a good thing maybe winning close games is a good thing for them right now you know so that they, they can get back to blowing out teams if they get a little healthier or not get caught up in a lot of nonsense with close games you know it's, it's certainly all you know maybe there is some sort of learning process with this kind of game but i think that the patriots will give them a fight the patriots are still in it um 
I think they'll be much better prepared than they were in the playoff game, and so I'm going to pick the Bills, but not in a not in a crazy blowout, and uh, at least not this time. When they when they play in Buffalo, there's a good chance I'll pick them to just get the snot kicked out of them. Um, but well, so we might until, be resting all our starters by that time. Well, one might <laughs> hope. One would hope. Or playing for draft position if things go really poorly. Yes, that's true, too. We'll have to see. Um, although, I wouldn't like our draft position regardless at this point. Um, right. Do they already right, so, won eight games, yeah. Yeah, if you want to tell us who we're, we're going to draft at 16 overall. <laughs> no. Um, no, but you can go while Twitter exists, MNY Bills. Um, I've made no other social media accounts, and I have no intention to uh, for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, this says I've only been recording for 36 minutes, which I know is not true. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, fr- oh, okay. Sorry. Your red light just came back. Uh, all right. Okay. I'm getting in like, I, yeah, I, I angered it by saying it looked like, yep, it, so it got, now it, it says it, seven it seconds. Say, yeah. mm-hmm. So I probably got a handful of weird tracks that I'll have to upload <laughs> together, but it does look like everything's recorded. So that's good. So I'm going to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next uh, week. Hopefully talking about the nine and three Buffalo bills. Um, with more exciting football to happen. I am Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everybody.